Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe and Hit That Line Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. Razorback Nation, Merry Christmas, and thanks for tuning in to the one and only Hog Talk podcast for episode number 151. I am your Monday host, Kyle Sutherland, and due to the holidays, we're going to squeeze in a weekend show that will give you some time to take a break from the stresses of the Christmas season and sit back and enjoy some Razorback content. And guys, if you're a first-time listener, be sure to subscribe to the pod while you are listening. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen. And while you're there, if you can give us some star power and also a written review, it would really help us to get our name out there and reach more people and football bowl season's back in full swing nfl regular season is coming down to the final wire as we get closer to the playoffs college basketball is rolling right along and you can take advantages of the perks of bet online has to offer from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more places to wager than anywhere online you can also get involved virtually through the online casino that never closes so head to betonline.ag today so you can sign up for all the great sign up bonuses bet online your online sportsbook experts and guys we're going to get started with the mailbag i know that's ty's thing that he usually does on fridays but since we are uh, sandwiching this show in on a weekend and we're not really sure what we're going to do for friday's show we imagine we'll have something around that time but we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the mailbag questions here and i got a little jingle here that i found a little uh rudolph gonna help us out with this in the background I can get a uh, clear volume there. Let me pull up these questions. The first one is going to be from the ever-famous Jay Hawes Jr., Mr. John Hawes Jr. Now, he's got a couple of them. All of his seem to be loaded quite frequently. But uh, are you still sold on Felipe Franks leaving? So, I've thought that Felipe Franks was going to be a one-and-done, at least in terms of being at Arkansas, since he first got here. I think that he showed just about everything that he can show. There's really nothing left for him to prove scouts know what his arm is they know his decision tendencies i still think he's probably going to be in the like five to seven round range but got plenty of chances as we saw uh, earlier this week he got invited to the senior bowl uh the Reese senior bowl so he'll be able to compete in that up his stock with some nfl coaches and scouts there and then also you imagine that he'll get invited to the combine so yeah i definitely think that he's gone uh, there's just i think that was no question was going to happen from the get-go and do we have a modicum? Of course, he used that that word again. Chance to beat TCU. I'm going to go ahead and say um, I don't like our chances right now. I'm going to talk about that more in the second segment after the commercial break. But I, I don't really like like what I'm seeing. Um, I think that, that uh, it's going to be really tough for the Razorbacks. Um, and he said this seems like our first true dual threat guy. Talking about Max Dugan, of course, the quarterback for TCU, and asking if we can contain that. So I'll get into that uh, into the second segment. Watch we get there. 
And uh, so Kelly Marie asking a Christmas-related question, what was the favorite gift you received? So outside of sports, one of my main passions is cooking. I'm not that great at it, but I can I can do some stuff in the kitchen. I can do some pretty good things on the grill. So my mom got me a bunch of stuff for my Instant Pot and spatula, stuff like that. But probably the coolest thing, she got me and my dad these little cards that you put in your wallet. And it's got, I don't wear glasses, but it's got like a little eyeglass screw in case you need to loosen or tighten that or it's got a bottle opener, just typical stuff that you need for everyday things. And so I think that's probably the most unique and cool things that I got um, just because I just wasn't expecting it. And um, I, I don't know, the stocking to me is probably the, my most favorite out of all. And what was your favorite gift that you gave? Now, I'm probably going to have to, I don't think I gave anything too spectacular, mostly just clothes, jewelry, gift cards, your typical stuff. But I'll probably have to go with uh, the Hog Talk podcast shirt that I gave my dad. I uh, got him another one of those. I actually got him one when we, once uh, Keith started making us merch here, what, three, four months ago. And um, my dad is just one of those guys that wears the same stuff. Now, he washes it, but he wears the same stuff over and over and over again. So uh, my mom told me that might as well get him another one of those. So that was a perfect present, some free advertising for us. And uh, so I'm going to have to go with that. It's probably my favorite one that I gave. And the favorite thing that I will eat. Hmm. So we usually do the turkey and the dressing and, and the green bean casserole. We typically do that on Thanksgiving, and then we do like Mexican or something like that during Christmas. Um, so last, or I guess, uh, what was it? Friday, I'm getting my days mixed up here. Thursday night on Christmas Eve, we did some T-bone steaks. I grilled those, um, and then we had some hash brown casserole. Now, I know that some of you, now if you've, if you've eaten at Cracker Barrel, which I'm sure all of you have, that's one of their best side items, but my mom makes a really good one too. So that was probably my favorite that we had. And not to toot my own horn, but my steaks are not so uh, terrible either. So, uh, but I'll definitely have to go with the hash brown casserole. That was probably my my favorite thing that I've been able to eat uh, so far. And um, so the final question we have from the mailbag is, what do you think about the Auburn game with this squad? Now, Auburn is in a very similar position that the Razorbacks are. Now, they made the Final Four a couple of years ago uh, in 2018-19. And this year, they're really feeling they lost guys like Isaac Okoro, and I believe they also had another first-rounder. So, they're like the Razorbacks. They're trying to fill themselves out. Um, they're 6-2. and two. They've lost to UCF and then number one, Gonzaga. I think the Gonzaga game was like the second game of the season for them. But um, – I, I, I'm still at the same spot that I have been for a long time with this Razorback team, and we saw that against Oral Roberts, that Oral Roberts came out, and I would definitely say that they're probably the best three and five team out there right now. They came out and just straight punched the Razorbacks in the mouth, 40-30 to 30 at halftime. Now the Razorbacks came out, I'm sure, after some broken clipboards and uh, smashed markers from Coach Muss, they came out and uh, put on a really good show in the second half. I uh, thought that they really just they, – they looked like – I'm not saying they didn't want to be there in the first half, but it just looked confused. And they were turning the ball over. This defense for Oral Roberts was just, just all over the place. And um, then they had some adversity in, against Abilene Christian for the final non-conference game of the season. and Or, well, I guess non-conference game before you uh, start SEC play and then later on down the road you play Oklahoma State. But – Right before you hear Coach Musselman is out due to contract tracing for COVID protocols. So that meant that David Patrick comes in um, after being the UC Riverside head coach. He came in in June, and uh, this is what he had to say after Andrew Hutchinson uh, from Hogbeat asked him what it was like. The very first opening question of his press conference being uh, the Razorback coach for a day. 
Look, it's, you know, I think I'm blessed. I've been a head coach before, so it was, so I wasn't a rookie, so so to speak. But to, to be able to be the head coach here at Arkansas, uh, you know, was a blessing just for the day, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, it was great. You know, I think you know my relationship with Eric. Um, I knew what he wanted. I didn't try to try to do my thing. I tried to do what he's he stressed to the team. Um, you know, and I think our guys played hard. They played hard for Coach Muss. He spoke to them today at shoot around. Played hard for him. I think they played hard for all of us the staff that wasn't here and, and for myself. And so uh, these games are challenging going into Christmas. Uh, it's even more challenging uh, when you don't have your, your, your head coach here. So uh, like I said, I think I've been, I've been prepared um, and, and, and uh, we were ready, you know, ready today. Considering what the Razorbacks were faced with hiring an assistant coach on June 1st, Chris Crutchfield left took a head coaching job, and then David Patrick comes in. Now David Patrick, of course, has had a long, ongoing friendship with Coach Musselman for years and years, and I just don't know that they could have. I'll use the word lucked into this situation. David Patrick is a head coach at UC Riverside for two years. First year they went 10-23, and 23, then turned back around the next year and went 17-15. and 15. Just to do that at that school, UC Riverside just doesn't have that great of facilities. They don't really seem to have that great of support. It's just – not really an ideal place for a coach that is trying to build their resume to be. And so I think that it was a perfect position for Coach Patrick coming in to coach with your one of your really good friends and Coach Musselman, and then him saying, hey, if something happens to me, Lord forbid, then you'll take over the reins. And you got to know that that was in the back of Coach Muss's mind when he was on this coaching search. Let's just say that I come down with COVID and I have to sit out for a game or two or whatever it may be. Who is someone that I trust to take over this team? And I thought that Coach Patrick did a phenomenal job. He was very vocal with the refs. He seemed to have some good lineups going. They played pretty well against against Abilene overall. I thought to close out the regular season. But you go in to play this Auburn team on December 30th. And again, like I said a second ago, they're very, very similar to the Razorbacks in trying to fill themselves out. Um, they, do, they do have those two losses, one of them being to the number one team in the country, so they have played a little bit tougher. Well, I guess that, that makes it quite a bit tougher of a schedule than the Razorbacks have seen. But if looking at this, this Auburn team just from the outside looking in and you just go looking at stats, Justin Powell is the, is the player that this team just runs right through. He leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. The second-leading scorer on the team, it looks like by a tenth of a point is Alan Flanagan, who is from Little Rock. He's a West Flanagan son. And uh, Jalen Williams is another one. They look like they have a Jalen uh, Williams, too. Um, they, they're, they're just really trying to fill themselves out. It's a fresh roster. But the fact that it's on the road. I'm not really one of those guys that's like, oh, historic. I mean, I've, I do bring things up, but I don't really buy into the whole, well, historically we haven't done this well. Historically we haven't done that well. But the fact that this team has not been away from Bud Walton this year really concerns me. Uh, and that's why I've said that it's very, very not likely, but it's a strong chance that, that they could start off 0-3. I'll say over and over that I believe that this team is down the road is going to be, as we get into late February, early March, this will be a top-four team in the SEC. I truly believe that. But going to Auburn, just going on the road in general, playing against a Bruce Pearl team, you know it's always going to be tough. And then you bring in Missouri, a team that's beaten the number six team a couple of weeks ago. And then you go to Tennessee on the, I believe it's the 6th of January, maybe the best team in the entire conference. So I'm not too concerned 
if it does happen that way, if they do go over in their first three games, because I think that it's going to turn around. I'd rather that happen now than even in the middle of the year, or especially at the end. You definitely don't want it to happen at the end of the year and be on a cold streak. But I definitely think that they're going to go in and compete well. It's just how we're going to really find out what this team is, or at least where we're at right now currently, a little over a month into the season. I guess the, the season started, as I'm recording, exactly a month ago. We're going to really find out a lot about ourselves over these next three games. And so I think that they're going to go in there, they're going to play really, they're going to play tough basketball like they always do with a Coach Musselman team. I don't have any doubt about that. But my biggest question is, what, what, are, what are we going to see in terms of, like, like, I think that we've got some really good shooters, but is J.D. Note going to continue to come off the bench and play? J.D. Note's really taken, he reminds me a lot of Desi Sills last year. Very quality off the bench, started off very cold from three. J.D. Note's a shooter. That's what he does. And he hasn't shot t- terribly this year, but he has been bad from the arc. Desi Sills, I thought that he was going to be a six-man through and through. He has been really good as a starter this year. Moses Moody really coming into his own. There's a lot of really great Justin Smith. Man, what a player he's become. I I think that uh, I really do think that once this all meshes together, it's going to be something special. But that's just where I am right now. I I say it every week because that's still where I am with this team. We've got to play better competition for really find out who we are. But the fact that you didn't drop any non-con games, you you got all of your quote-unquote gimmies, that's a big thing. We're going to take a quick break real fast, and uh, then we're going to get into more in-depth discussion about the TCU game, talk about some of their offensive firepower. They've got a lot of it, so stay with us. We will be right back. The Hawk Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Back on episode number 151 of the Hog Talk podcast, Kyle Sutherland with you here. And December 31st, New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. ESPN, the Razorbacks will be playing the 6-4 and four TCU Horn Frogs. That 6-4 and four record is a little bit misleading. They've won five of their last six, while the Razorbacks have uh, lost five of their last six. And guys, this TCU team, uh, they look really good on offense. We've seen a lot of great TCU offensive teams through the years, but we faced some good running backs. We faced some good quarterbacks this year, but we might be facing the best dual threat quarterback that we've seen all season, at least just the way that he runs this offense, the way that he's able to do it. Talking about Max Dugan, uh, we'll start off with him, or Max Duggan, I think is actually how I pronounce his name. 146 out of 240, passed for 1,800 yards, completed 61% of his passes, 10 to 4 touchdown interception ratio. Now, that doesn't jump off the paper at you. But his 116 carries for 526 yards, 10 touchdowns there, long of 81. Now, here's what really jumps off at me. 
So those aren't phenomenal numbers. He's really good for a quarterback. Now you also have to consider the shortened season. But he has a long of 81. Another one of their running backs, Darwin Barlow, 73 carries, 428 yards for four touchdowns. He has a long of 74. Then you look at the true freshman, number one running back from the class of 2020, Zach Evans, 54 carries, 415 yards, eight yards a carry almost, four touchdowns, a long of 75. And then finally, you've got Kendra Miller, 54 carries, 388 yards, two scores, and a long of 89. All of those touchdowns, the fact that all four of those guys, the guys that they use mainly for their rush offense, have over 70-yard scores, that tells me that they run and they run hard, and they do not stop. This is not going to be a game. Well, you can't really do that anytime, but this is not going to be a game for arm tackles. This is not going to be a game for loafing. I'm not saying that the Razorbacks have done anything of that, but they are going to have to have their best defensive rush game that they've had all season, and they haven't looked very good. Against Auburn, that was the first time that we saw them look pretty bad, what Tank Bigsby was able to do. But I thought personally at that time that that was really more of a factor of the weather, the fact that it was really, really wet that day. And then it just kind of fell off. After the Tennessee game, there was a lot of things that fell off. And you're going to have to stop more than just a Larry Roundtree. Uh, We saw what Alabama did to us. That was expected, what Najee, Najee Harris was able to do. You're going to have to stop a dual-threat quarterback, which we've never really been able to do, it seems. It's like all these – if you're any kind of dual-threat, then you're going to have the game of your life against the Razorbacks. But then it's like if you stop Darwin Barlow, you're going to have Zach Evans right there behind you. You're going to have Kendra Miller. They also throw the ball pretty well. At least they they have some good athletes at receiver. Now, like I said, Duggan doesn't have the greatest stats in the world. They're not just going to air it out all the time. But then you look at number one, Quentin Johnston. 22 catches, almost 500 yards, two scores but he's really good at one-on-ones. I watched a little bit of film over the Baylor and the Oklahoma State game, and this guy was just jumping. I think that he it's going to be an interesting matchup to see what he does and what Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks is going to do really, really well against these DBs. I think Mike Woods can get open in some one-on-one against these DBs too. Their defense overall is just not really that good. They take bad angles, at least from the film that I've seen. They take some bad angles. I think that we're going to be able to run and pass on these guys. I could see it being a very, very similar game to Missouri. I don't know that it's going to be 102 total points scored, but I could definitely see this being like a 42-40, 45-40, something like that. And um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just don't I don't think that I could pick the Hogs right now. Obviously, I want to. I'm thankful uh, for the uh, the fact that we're able to play this postseason, I don't care if you're zero and ten, three and seven, five and five, ten and zero. I think everybody should participate, be able to participate in, in the postseason. I said that last week, and just the fact that, especially these teams that have played pretty much an entire schedule, been able to stick this out, get through the. And guys, this is not just this hasn't been hard on players and coaches and anybody associated mentally or physically. This has been mental. Think about just going through every single day wondering if your season is going to continue. A little off subject here, I was listening to uh, to Coach Mike Neighbors, a good friend of the show, the women's basketball coach for the Razorbacks. He was on Ruskin and Zach the other day, and, and he was talking about how after a game um, that, that he was telling Amber Ramirez and Chelsea Dungy, hey, we need to talk after this once we finish up here. It was their final uh, non-conference game. We need to finish up after we get done playing. And, of course, Chelsea and Amber and all the players are kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, is this going to be COVID-related? Are we about our season going to be shut down? I tell that story because that is what athletes, and not just athletes, students, uh, it doesn't matter if you're 
drama or art or music, band, whatever it is, it's in jeopardy every single second, their seasons, uh, what they work for, what their passions are. So just to make it through this year, I certainly think that every single person deserves a bowl game. Like Porter said, made a great point last week, you know, you might have a gimme in terms of getting to the game, but you still got to win it, and you still earn that win regardless of whether you got there because of your win-loss record or not. And as we close this out here, um, that's that's really what I got on them right now. Now, we're, we're hopefully going to have a, uh, a beat writer from the TCU. I always like having those crosspods. That's what we did every week this year, and it was a lot of fun just hearing a perspective from not just somebody's side of the opposite team, but a beat writer that actually covers them and sees the team from the inside out that really gives us a different perspective. We're going to try to uh, get one later this week. Like I said, the scheduling is just kind of a little crazy just with the holidays and all, but – um, I, I do think that this is going to be a fun matchup. It's always fun anytime you play in Houston or at Texas in general. It's great for recruiting. Um, you know, you Arkansas has recruited that state for a really long time, and so you get your footprint in there. You continue to get your footprint and stay around the Houston area. We've done really well against in the DFW areas for years, and just to to get more into that Houston area where there is so much, uh, so much just raw talent overall. Plenty of three stars, plenty of four stars. You can get all kinds of guys out of there. So I think it's just uh, very valuable to this team. And, again, just to get the kids some extra practices and, and an extra game. Before we get off here, I do want to play this clip of, uh, uh, from Felipe Franks' interview the other day. And Andrew Hutchinson from Hogbeat, I think he had actually um, – the, the clip that I played of Coach Patrick earlier, he had asked that question. And he also asked this to Felipe, just talking about opting out and – Players that do that, we've seen a lot of that. I think Leonard Fournette really started the trend in 2014, 2015, and it's really taken off off of there. If you're not competing for a national championship, some of the elite players just set out. And so that was what Hutch asked uh, Felipe, and this is what he had to say about playing his final season or, or his final game as it appears to be in a Razorback uniform. Yeah, uh, I think just speaking for me, um, you know, I just – I, I feel like, you know, it's just my duty, not necessarily my duty, but for me, I, I want to stay and I want to finish the season out. I want to finish what I started. I came here to compete for a season and that's what I'm going to do. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like, man, I've, I've gone to work week in and week out, you know, with these guys uh, for, for 10 straight games and, you know, why stop on the 11th? So it, it, it's just something for me, um, you know, my, my pride and just being able to, Go out there, and I owe it to these guys. I owe it to Coach Pittman, all the guys that have been able to just welcome me into the program um, and just help me take care of my body when I first got here. Just being able to owe that to them and go out here and try to get a big-time win. Um, it's just a great opportunity, man. It means a lot to me um, as a person, as a player, just being a part of this program. You know, it's bigger than me. And um, I think, you know, faster that you can realize that, that you know, the picture is bigger than you, that the best, better things off will be, so. And we've got some breaking news coming in. And I'm telling you guys, this is extremely almost scary because I was thinking about this and I was going to bring him up as soon as I got done talking about Felipe Franks. But Grant Morgan, as I'm recording this on Christmas, uh, just tweeted that, Merry Christmas, I'm not done being a hog. My work here is unfinished. The best is yet to come. 31 is back. Man, that just gives me chills uh, to know that we're going to have Grant back next year, our defensive leader. 
he has been to this defense what Felipe Franks has been to this offense. And I wanted to play that clip of Felipe because I just admire the person that he is, the person that he has become. Now, I still think that he was a good kid deep down, even before he got to Arkansas. But I definitely think he had some maturity issues, and there's plenty of people that would agree with me on that. I remember watching games of his at Florida. I watched him a good bit at Florida, and I would always think, what a punk this kid is. And then he ended up getting hurt in the 2008 at the uh, – third game against Kentucky of the 2019 season, and I still remember thinking, well, kid's a punk, but, man, I sure hope that uh, he's okay. Because, first of all, he's a pl- he's a person before he's a player, and that's somebody's son, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's grandson, and I truly did not know if he was going to come back from, from that injury. It was gruesome. I mean, it just hurt me watching. I couldn't watch the replay. And he was a guy that I was skeptical of all, and I've said – Plenty of times. My opinion is just a real, I'm just a talking head like everybody else. But what he, what Felipe and what Grant have done, and this is nothing against any other linebackers, any other quarterbacks, but I don't think that this team may be a win, but I don't think that they certainly, without those two players, with their leadership, with their talent, with Grant Morgan and Felipe Franks on this team, that's one of the biggest reasons why you were able to win three games, something that you hadn't been able to do in quite some time. I think, the last, I guess the last time we won three games was, either 2015 or 2016. It's been a long time. And to know that, to know that I was able to uh, get that in before we get off. Now, of course, it's not going to be break. Anytime we do the breaking news, it's obviously not going to be once you listen to it. But that's a great Christmas present. Last year, we uh, we got the right around, I think it was on the 23rd or 24th, Rakeem Boyd announced that he was coming back. Now, hopefully Grant Morgan's return is a little bit uh, a little bit better than, than Rakeem's turned out to be. But still some big news nonetheless. And just so proud of these kids this year, guys. And, um, you know, we, we can't say that enough. Just, it's been such a an interesting year, to say the least. Um, it's been hard. It's been, but times, some of it's been good. I know that uh, there's plenty of things to be thankful for. And I hope you guys don't get tired of us expressing our appreciation because we don't get tired of doing it. And as we come to the end of the year, this might possibly be the last show of the 2020 year. And, you know, I joined with the Hog Talk in February, so I've been on for almost a year, and it's just been uh, it's been an incredible blessing to be a part of something like this. Not just with the guys that I that we um, that we have, but all of you that help share our content, that like it, that interact. We always love the questions. That's what we love to do. You know, we're fans just like you are. We love to just sit back and talk Razorback sports with Razorback fans, and so. Guys, we uh, we thank you so much just for for everything um, that you've done for us and and just helping us uh, get our stuff out there. And again, you can find us any form you listen. If you're a first time listener today, um, you know yeah, Apple, Spotify. I think we're still on iHeartRadio. I'm pretty sure that that's still there. But uh, I think pretty much that that's going to do it for episode number 151. And you know uh, we will see what happens with later this week. And like I said, we're going to try to get someone to come on and uh, talk some TCU from their side. But other than that, guys, if we don't see you till then, have a happy new year. Merry Christmas. My name is Kyle Southern. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.